Hi everyone, this is Jeremiah Latimo, and this is Gates of Perception. Alright, so I'm jumping in here with a few quick announcements. The first one being, if you are in Brooklyn, New York, or New York in general, we are having our first in-person event in partnership with the Lightning Society and Think Olio, and this is going to take place on November 29th from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And this is gonna be a discussion led by me where we will be exploring and reimagining masculinity beyond patriarchal narratives and conditioning. So this is a conversation where we're gonna all be able to really unpack where we're still buying into these ideals of what masculinity is because they affect all of us. We're all in this society, we're all in this culture, so we all buy into it on some level. So addressing that, but also discussing new empowering ways so we can start to form a new relationship with masculinity in general. Not necessarily men, but the energy and the spirit of what masculinity is. So I'm really excited about that, and I would love to see you there. And if you want more details about this event and how you can join and how you can be a part of it, DM me the word event on Instagram and I'll send you more details. And so the last one is that we are doing a Black Friday offer. And so this is for anyone that's wanted to work with me one-on-one -on -one privately and wants to make this new year, this 2024, the year where they finally step into their power, where they regain their self-trust, where they're not allowing their mother wounds and their father wounds to really dictate their love life, and are stepping out of these chronic people-pleasing patterns, and really breaking free from choosing unavailable partners. If any of this sounds like you, and you've been interested and curious about possibly working with me one-on-one, -on -one, DM me the word Black Friday and I'll send you more details on what the offer is and what we're doing and the discount as well and ways in which we can hop on a call possibly to see if we're a good fit. Thank you so much for listening and yeah, here's today's episode. Thank you for joining me for this episode and welcome if this is your first time tuning in. I am excited to talk about this specific topic. And the topic is that difference between claiming and possessing. And so in this episode, I want to explore with you the fundamental difference between claiming versus possessing. And what does it really mean to be and feel claimed in a relationship? And the do's and the don'ts when cultivating a sense of being claimed, whether that's you wanting to make sure your partner feels claimed by you or wanting to make sure that your partner isn't doing things that are essentially leading you to feel possessed by them, feel like you're an item or a trophy or some kind of possession that they own. And I also want to explore why we desire to feel claimed in this episode. Like why is it so important for us and why we resist feeling possessed so I hope in this episode, you have a newfound sense of clarity around things that you can do in your relationship to help you feel more claimed and to also notice 
certain behaviors that may have brought you a lot of discomfort and maybe why that has brought you discomfort and also ways in which you can also support the other person that you're dating or you're interested in and feeling claimed by you, not possessed. Okay, so let's just jump into it. I really love this topic specifically because it's something that I've personally had to jump through a lot of hurdles to really figure out how to define it in a way that resonates with my personal values and resonates with my personal intimacy blueprint uh, and what works for me in relationships. And I've also found that there's a lot of people that I've also worked with personally in terms of my private clients that also have a lot of trouble with this. And I think because similar to myself, there's a lot of examples of possession in our lives, in the world, in culture, and also in our childhood experiences. So personally for me, I was a part of a family unit where I did feel possessed by the people that loved me the most, my parents. And I say possessed because I did feel like I wasn't my own individual person. I felt like I was literally an extension of them, like an item or something that they owned or something that they possessed. And whenever I didn't show up in the way that allowed them to feel good about this item that they possessed me as their child, I, of course, would be met with hostility, uh, restrictions, and a dishonoring of my needs and neglecting of my boundaries and things like that. So I think for me, my first relationship or my first model for this sense of feeling claimed versus feeling possessed really began with my parents. And even at times, my relationship with my mother, where I yearned for that more than anything, I definitely felt possessed. And I think I felt possessed in the sense where mothering became smothering, where my autonomy was literally denied. Whether I wanted to wear a jacket outside or not was literally denied. Uh, and things I wanted to explore in my own personal journey, beliefs, religions, ideas that I was curious about were denied. So I really felt like a possession. And so that made it really hard as I got older and stepped into relationships and wanted to bring that aspect into the relationship, that aspect of letting the person that I care about and that I love and that I'm with, that I am claiming you, you are my partner and I am yours, and together cultivating a sense of belonging. So this leads me to my definition in the context of relationships of what does it mean to feel claimed or to be claimed. So how I see it is that being claimed or feeling claimed refers to this feeling of being acknowledged, being seen, being valued and cherished, 
by a partner in a way that respects and honors our individual autonomy and our identity. So it means that we feel a sense of mutual recognition and emotional belonging in the relationship and with this person. So both people, when they feel claimed, they feel seen and appreciated for the unique qualities, the unique energy, the unique strengths that they bring to the relationship and also feel valued, equally valued in each other's lives. So for me, claiming is a way that we mark a balance between emotional closeness, intimacy and belonging, and also personal freedom. So this for me is like where the difficulty is, is because being claimed honors our commitment to the relationship and to the other person, while also honoring our individuality, our autonomy, and our individual growth. So this is where I find it really gets difficult because it literally respects our independence and also honors our commitment and our devotion to the other person. So it's this balance between personal freedom and that sense of emotional belonging, which is why I find it so hard to kind of hit the mark where a person you're with, you feel that you are claimed in that connection and you also feel that you have the space to have room for your individuality, for your independence, for your personal space to really breathe, to be honored, to be respected and to be valued by that person. So as I shared earlier, and maybe this might be the same for you, but in my childhood home, there was no type of reference for that. Like what I'm discussing between this like beautiful balance there, I, that, I don't have a reference for that in my own personal experience. My individuality and autonomy was completely, completely denied. I was powerless at times, helpless in the face of my parents' trauma responses and their unresolved grief and what they thought was best. And in that, it made it really hard for me to feel that I can belong, I can be in a relationship to others, and my self-love and my sense of independence and autonomy can also remain intact at the same time. So I feel when someone claims us, they do so with the respect for our autonomy and our individuality. And I feel that the reason this creates such a powerful emotional connection to the other person, because it offers a space, a foundation where we can cultivate trust with the other person. We can cultivate a sense of mutual respect and also emotional safety. Because this is the thing, when I honor someone's autonomy and individuality, in order for me to do that, I have to take into account their needs and their boundaries, right? So I acknowledge 
the ways in which they show up for me and the ways in which I value them, the ways in which I care about them and what they mean to me, right? I honor that and I love it. And I also equally honor the fact that they have a separate identity. The separate identity exists outside of what they can do for me and what they can do for our relationship. So that for me brings me into a space where, whoa, this person has needs. This person has boundaries. This person requires personal space just as much as they require a sense of belonging. And so this is where we find where people enter into a state of possession or we end up feeling possessed by people is because it is rooted in control dominance and insecurity because it reduces a person a partner to an object a belonging rather than an equal on our journey of healing self-discovery and love and intimacy right possession is literally marked by things like over jealousy i don't even know if that's a word but like that state of being dominant, uh, fear of losing the person uh, that leads to behaviors like constricting their movement, suffocating them, telling them what they can and cannot do, a complete disregard for their personal freedom, their personal space, and their autonomy and individuality, right? This is where those feelings of wait, I don't really feel safe here. I don't really feel like I can be myself here. Really come from is when people, maybe it's even ourselves, we literally start to deny the person their sense of agency. Like you are an individual. If you want to say no to this, if you don't want to go here, if the things that I'm requesting from you in this relationship are things that you do not want to do, I'm not going to force that. I'm not going to coerce you. I'm not going to create an ultimatum to get you to do what I want. That's possession. It's rooted. That sense of that, that behavior is rooted in the fear of losing the person. It's rooted in the fear of rejection, a fear of abandonment, a fear of betrayal. So all of these things lead us to start to constrict the person, to want to suffocate them, to make sure that they have no room to betray us, to do things that we don't like, to dishonor us in any way. And we're not leaving any room. You see, this is why it's so different from claiming. Because in that space of possessing them, restricting them, suffocating them in that way, we leave no room for trust to really be cultivated. Because if you're monitoring somebody constantly, you're controlling their every move, how are you creating and cultivating a space where trust can be nurtured between two respected adults? You're not. You're only doing things that help you keep your insecurities at bay. 
soothing that fear of betrayal. That's all we're doing when we're trying to constrict and control the people that we love and masking it as some form of claiming them. We're looking out for ourselves. We're deep in our bag of coping mechanisms and the formulas for safety that we've developed as children. And oftentimes these formulas for safety are also ways in which we literally just mimic the things we saw growing up. So the ways my mom showed her love by smothering me, restricting me, becomes a template for how I communicate love as an adult. And the same way my father told me not to do this, not to do that, and literally denied aspects of my own autonomy, I also start to do that to other people. These are also templates that we unconsciously follow and become internalized. And so a part, a big part of showing up in a way that allows the people we love to feel claimed and not possessed by us requires a deep examination of our limiting beliefs around love, our myths that need to be dismantled about what's possible in a relationship, and also a deep look at the things that we've learned to internalize as ways of relating to other people that are just things that we saw growing up, that we unconsciously bought into and subscribed to because they're familiar. These dynamics are familiar, right? Now let's get into the do's and don'ts because I find that a lot of people have a hard time knowing like, well, what the hell do I do then when I want to make sure the person that I love and care about feels claimed by me? And I want to emphasize this point before I share these do's and don'ts. You can be with somebody that's very independent. They still want to feel claimed. You can be with a woman that's very independent. She knows how to take care of herself. She knows how to financially take care of herself. Emotionally, she's there. And you can meet a guy that's also very emotionally intelligent. That's very emotionally connected to himself and can stand independent of you and what you bring to his life. And that can scare the shit out of a lot of people. Because it's like, well, what the fuck am I going to give them, right? What value am I bringing to their life? And so when we understand that claiming provides us a sense of belonging, it satiates the desire to belong, which is innate to all human beings. We understand that no matter how independent someone may be, no matter how long they've learned to fend for themselves, and do things for themselves that does not negate their desire for support, that doesn't negate their desire for belonging, that doesn't negate their desire to want somebody to be able to lean in on the same ways that everyone else leans in on them. That, no matter how independent the person is, no matter how 
self-sufficient and sovereign that person is, they cannot erase that aspect of their humanity. And neither can you. That's why relationships, that's why we're wired for relationships, is because in these connections, we are getting a better understanding of our deepest self. And sometimes the only way to do that is through the gaze of the other. Relationships offer us a space to see ourselves in moments, in situations and scenarios that we often don't find ourselves in. And that's very freeing because it shatters who we believe ourselves to be. If I'm very identified with being independent and I get a space, a safe one, a loving one, where I get to explore a different aspect of myself that isn't always independent, but can ask for support, can feel so trusting of someone that I allow them the opportunity to see me when I don't have it all together. You see, this is the freedom from this cage that I call my identity that relationships offer. And that's why it's also very triggering when we're in relationship, because that identity that I'm talking about is often one we've become very, very attached to, and also one we continue to define ourselves upon. So here are some things to help you support the person you're interested in or the person you're dating in feeling claimed. One big one is expressing your feelings and commitment. And you want to do this without demanding or expecting ownership or a yes or a specific type of outcome that denies their choices and their freedom. So, meaning if you're interested in someone, one of the most powerful ways to help that person feel claimed by you is to openly express your feelings. I want you. I desire you. I want to get married. Whatever stage of a relationship you're in, whether it's the talking phase, the dating phase, you're already an item, or you're being prepared for marriage, claiming that person and letting them know your commitment and devotion to creating a reality where both of you take steps together toward a shared vision and a shared goal. That is so powerful. And the contrast to that is this wishy-washy communication of you know what we are. Let's see where this goes. We're just going with the flow. I don't have any expectations of what we are, and I'm just enjoying your company right now. Maybe this is just a stage of your life that you're in. Maybe this is just a chapter that you're exploring because you've been in long-term relationships most of your life. You may have just got out of a long-term marriage. There's nothing wrong with this, is what I'm saying, depending on what part of your journey you're on and the context of your relationship history. So what I'm sharing is for the people that are in connection to someone they're interested in, 
and want to take that a bit further, what is not going to work and communicate attraction, commitment, devotion, and the sense of, I want to claim you, I am claiming you, I want you to feel claimed by me, is that wishy-washy passive communication. Men especially listening, that will not work. Women want to feel claimed by you. They don't want to feel that they're chasing for your attention. They don't want to feel like they have to guess whether they're a priority in your life or not. A mature woman does not have time to be chasing for your attention. She wants to feel claimed by you. Like, let me repeat that. A mature woman does not have time to be chasing for your attention. This is not middle school. This is not high school. She wants to feel claimed. And for the women listening, a mature man does not have time to be chasing after you. He wants to know that you're receptive to his love, to his provision, and to his leadership. This whole game of, I'm going to make sure that he wants me, I'm going to play hard to get, that does not work with a mature man. He wants to know that you're receptive to his love. He's not here to play mind games with you. You playing hard to get is going to make you hard to want. If you're dealing with a mature man, if you can manipulate him to do these certain things that help you feel that you're chased, that you're pursued, and it's showing up from these shadowy aspects of yourself, you are not going to respect that man. That's not a relationship that you want. Because if that man falls for these games, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Because why would you want to be in relationship with a man you can easily manipulate like that? A man who doesn't feel secure in himself to the point where he's okay with being toyed with, with being manipulated, with chasing somebody right? So the difference I'm outlining here is that the people you're interested in mutually don't make them chase. There's a difference between being pursued and pursuing versus chasing and being chased. The chasing stuff, that's all high school. That's middle school. That's immature love. We're talking about claiming So it's about stepping into your own sense of security within to know that if you put yourself on the line, right? This is the risk of love, life, intimacy, and vulnerability is you are putting yourself on the line. And yes, somebody might say no to you. Somebody might not reciprocate your affections somebody might not be ready to take it there with you. And that's okay. This is the part where we mature and we learn to face the sting of rejection, the sting of redirection, the sting of we're not a match. This is a misalignment. 
this is a connection and it's leading into a space that I personally didn't expect it to go. And that's okay. I can move forward and I can integrate the lessons from this connection. So again, this is not about a chase. This is not about restricting somebody's freedom. This is about amplifying your commitment and also seeing that person's worth, recognizing what they bring to your connection and knowing that probably other people see it too. And so being the person that actually chooses to step up, to nurture that and explore that. So men, if you are listening, this is not about the passive indecisive waiting for her to make a move. This is about seeing what you want and going after it, recognizing that there is a powerful sense of fulfillment that you're going to always find as a masculine being in pursuing and going after what it is that you want. And for the feminine, for the women listening, understand that a mature man does not have time for the games. He does not have time to be chasing you. That is the quickest way to stifle any connection, any potential of a relationship with a mature man is to have him in a space where he's having to play games or to chase after you. So the second thing is that when we're supporting and cultivating a space where both people feel claimed, one of the things that we can do is respecting their boundaries. So part of this includes their personal space, their interests, their needs, and their sense of community, their sense of tribe outside of you. So this means that we create a space where the interests that conflict with the things that we like to do, we create space for that. If I'm a person that is into anime, but the person I'm interested isn't into anime, that's just not their thing. I can respect and honor that. If I have someone that likes to spend time with their girlfriends on Friday nights, I create room for that. I respect that. And I allow for them to nurture and to cultivate a sense of individuality and a sense of agency and autonomy within their commitment to me and the connection. So this is where trust comes in because, yes, we have our own boundaries. I may not be okay with somebody doing certain things, going certain places, and that's okay. That is my own personal boundary. So when we're talking about claiming is that I understand that I have my own needs and my own boundaries. And the thing here is that I'm extending the same to the other person. So this is where we see where misalignment is. And we also give ourselves the opportunity to really cultivate trust. So if I share with somebody that I'm not okay with you watching this TV show, because it really doesn't 
fit right with my beliefs and my moral compass and my values. That is expressed with honoring the fact that they may not agree with that. They may say, no, this is what I want to watch. This is what I enjoy. That is a reflection of their personal autonomy, their agency, literally. And so in that expression, just in that moment alone, I have a choice because my own discomfort around that is my problem. So when I'm claiming, when I'm in relationship to other people, I honor that. I honor that they can say no. They can say that doesn't work for me. And so we can see where things are misaligned and whether we choose to negotiate that or not is up to us. But we don't have to force people to become people that they don't want to be just to make us happy. That's where it becomes possession. Because oftentimes this is the thing that when we're feeling possessed by people is that they often use guilt. They often use shame to lead us to make decisions, make choices that don't really resonate with our own being, that don't really resonate with our value system. And when somebody is doing that, that corrodes any trust in the relationship and also respect. Because you don't feel respected when somebody is using manipulation tactics, like guilt tripping you to get you to do something, right? It literally ignores your agency, denies you of any sense of individuality. So how we can support the person that we're with is respecting those boundaries, but not throwing out our own. Being honest enough to see where things are deal breakers for us is also important. Just as much as we want to hold space for someone else's experience, we also have to acknowledge when things that are very near and dear to our hearts, that are near and dear to our value systems, things that we just cannot abandon, don't work for somebody. And that's okay. So I'm going to share two more things that I think are really, really powerful. This third one I think is really important and it is only having eyes for them. So what I mean by this is that we often, when you think of, I only have eyes for you, we often just simplify it to, if I go out to dinner, I'm not looking at anyone else but you. If we're out in public, my eyes are only on you. And what I want to include within this definition is the digital space. Because we live in a different world now where you can not look and turn your gaze to other people, other attractive people, or romanticize the idea of being with anyone else when you're out in public with your partner. But we have a whole phone that includes a bunch of social apps that give us direct access 
two different types of people, people that we may be interested in, people that we may find attractive, people that we once found attractive, even people that we once were dating. And so when we state that I have only eyes for you, we want to make sure this extends in all aspects of our life. So meaning, how are we showing up online? Not just in person, not just when I'm sitting with you, not just when we're at dinner together, but how do I show up online? Are there people that I follow that I secretly romanticize? Models, influencers, creators, teachers that I follow solely for the potential of what I think I could have with them or the fact that I find them deeply attractive and I enjoy opening up my timeline and seeing their face, hearing their thoughts, peeking into their world and romanticizing the possibility of being in that world with them. This is very, very subtle. If you don't practice self-honesty, this can slip past your awareness very quickly. And so we don't see it because it often doesn't manifest as something physically tangible. But it is as subtle as listening to somebody and wanting on some level to be in relationship with them, to feel into what it would be like to be loved by them, to be seen by them, to be in relationship to them. That is compromising the integrity of the relationship. That is compromising our partner's safety, their sense of emotional safety. They may not even know it, but this is about us being in integrity. Because if I were to transfer these actions, these behaviors, let's say I was somebody that was doing this. If I were to think about what it would feel like to know that somebody else was also doing that, that I loved, that I cared about, and that I was in a relationship with, how would I feel then? Would I brush it off as quickly as I do when I do it? Or would I be upset? Would I be triggered? Would I cause a fit? Would I throw a tantrum? Would I want to leave the relationship? Would I feel betrayed or deceived? If those are the feelings that would arise for me, it means I'm out of integrity with myself. I'm compromising my own values. I'm not in alignment with my own principles that I wish my partner or I trust my partner to be upholding. And so this is very, very subtle. And a lot of people don't, I don't feel a lot of people extend this in relationships because there's so much of us that just ignores, bypasses, and belittles how we show up online because nobody's there watching us. It is just me and my phone. Nobody's in my DMs. Nobody's noticing the thoughts that arise when I see a certain person or see a certain creator or influencer or model. 
if you're in relationship right now, if you're in a connection that you're committed to, this is something that I really, really advise to look at and examine. Because when we're talking about helping and cultivating a sense of feeling claimed and supporting our partners in feeling claimed, that doesn't help that. Is because we're compromising our commitment and our, the energy of our devotion isn't really directed to that person. It's not even fully here. It's leaking out in all these other spaces, all these other backdoors that we create that we feel only we know about. And maybe that's the case. But it's the fact that we know about them. I know my backdoors. So why am I choosing to keep them alive when I'm in a relationship? So this is a way in which we really compromise our integrity and restrict our partners from really feeling seen and cherished and really valued. When you think about valuing somebody, when you think about respecting somebody, that's not the way we go about that. I'm thinking somebody is so oblivious that I can do this when I'm alone. I don't, I'm not respecting them because I'm not respecting myself. I'm not respecting my attention and my energy and my word and my commitment, right? And what I notice a lot for sure is men compromise that digital space and follow model influencers or for you page or explore page. It's just filled with models and bikinis and things like that. And I feel women compromise this on an emotional level. Men are visual creatures. Women are emotional creatures. So women compromise the emotional aspect of this by romanticizing other relationships that they could be in. So I think it's happening on both ends. And I think more people are quick to villainize men, but I think it happens on all spectrums. And it really takes self-honesty and self-examination. So the last thing is celebrating our person, our partner, the person we're interested in publicly in the face of other people that we know, friends, family, our online community, that goes a long way. When we take the time to actually shout from the rooftops, this person that I'm with is somebody that I find amazing, is someone that I really care about, is someone that I want to be with, is someone that I really cherish and value in my life. And that can manifest as praising their accomplishments, that could show up as telling other people about them and our connection. That could be a single birthday post with a sweet caption. That can be so many ways in which we can publicly profess our love for the person that we're interested in or for the person that we're dating. Making time to do that if we're in relationships and we notice that, wait, this isn't something that I do. And it can be as simple as posting a picture with you and that person and sharing about the great time you had or the great weekend you had or at a dinner and just praising 
that person and their achievements, the things that they've done and the things that you're proud of. So I think these go a very, very long way to help us feel claimed and help the person that we're with feel claimed as well. So I want to leave with this point is that we can feel claimed in a relationship without feeling possessed. And at times, a lot of us, based on our trauma bodies, want to feel possessed. But it's because we often conflate feeling possessed with feeling claimed. And so sometimes we feel like we have to be in these toxic, unhealthy situations to feel claimed. But we have to expand our myths, our ideas of love to know that in a safe and healthy environment, we can still feel claimed. Sometimes in toxic relationships, that rush of somebody just controlling your every move, telling you who you can and cannot connect with, telling you what to do with your life, and literally just denying your autonomy. There's a fire, there's a passion, there's a spark that sometimes we have become chemically addicted to. And because we've come, become chemically addicted to it, we often conflate that as the only expression of feeling claimed by somebody. We need to be able to recognize that that sense of feeling suffocated, where our autonomy is denied, and where we don't have room for self-expression and independence is not the thing that we desire. It is a way in which we are actually fulfilling our own self-prophecies around love, where our self-worth is diminished, we can't trust people, we can't really open our hearts, and we don't feel safe in relationships. This is how we keep that story going. So in order to really break free, we have to expand what we think is possible within our relationships. So in healthy, loving relationships, there is a sense of feeling claimed that can take place, that can touch that deep-rooted desire to feel like we belong, to feel like we're significant in someone's life, to feel like we hold a special place in someone's heart, that we're chosen and we're appreciated for who we are. We can achieve this same feeling in safe spaces where there's emotional intimacy, where there's a sense of emotional safety, and there's a sense of emotional belonging. Both can exist. And so what I find often is we feel like if we're out of the toxic situations, there's going to be a loss of feeling claimed. So I want you to explore your own limiting beliefs around feeling claimed and feeling possessed and expanding into something that actually allows you to keep your self-love intact while also meeting that deep, deep need that you have for that passion, that spark, that fire, that sense of ravishment that we may sometimes feel can only happen in toxic, unhealthy situations with unavailable people. 
I want you to challenge that. I want you to think about that. And if there's anything that comes up, any newfound realizations or aha moments and insights you take away from this episode, feel free to share that with me, uh, DM it to me. I've appreciated everyone that's recently shared their takeaways, their insights that they've gained from recent episodes. Share them directly with me via Instagram. I really appreciate that. So thank you if you have. And if you've been enjoying these last couple of episodes, feel free to leave a review so that we can make sure these episodes reach other people that may also resonate with them and may also find them helpful and insightful. And so with that, I want to say thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. And I'm going to wish you a beautiful rest of your day. And I'll see you on the next one. Peace.